Is Jeopardy in Jeopardy? I give you my Big Brother <laughs> midway season review. We discuss Bachelor in Paradise and how David Spade did hosting the show. And Andrew gives you his full thoughts on the Outer Banks. All that ahead and more right here on the Q-Busters. Hey, you sitting there with a bowl of popcorn wondering what to stream on TV? Fear not, we're the Q-Busters, Andrew and Ken. Grab some snacks and enjoy a fresh look at the hottest shows, movies, and streams. I'm Andrew, he's Ken. How you doing, Ken? What are we talking about today? It was a busy week. Lots of good stuff on TV. I was able to watch two of the biggest shows on right now. Big Brother, I've been watching weekly. And then Bachelor in Paradise kicked off. So I can't wait to tell you how crazy that first episode was. You finished Outer Banks, so I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. And maybe we can dive into some things we liked and disliked about that show. And now we're going to get into some Jeopardy news as that surfaced today. And that called, that kind of caught the world by storm. So we'll talk about what happened and what that means for the, the hit show. So let's yeah. get started. Let's get started. Um, let's kick off with you. Talk about uh, Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, so Bachelor in Paradise was really good. So as we all know by now, Chris Harrison is not hosting at the moment. So each, I I don't know if it's going to be each week or uh, every couple episodes, but they're going to rotate host. And for this first one, David Spade was the host, and he was hysterical. Basically, his role in this episode was to greet the guests as they came onto the beach. Um, And, you know... (laughs) He did his little jokes, and some of these people are super young, so they don't know who David Spade is. Um, (laughs) One of the people actually called him Dave Chappelle, um, which was hilarious, um, because that's not even remotely close. Um, Yeah. I think the funniest part about that is the fact that, you're right, they probably don't know who David Spade is because they're too young. Yeah, it's a shame. He is he is definitely one of the most underrated comedians, I think. Like, you know, you think of Adam Sandler and you think of his like closest people and, and usually you think Rob Snyder or Kevin James or maybe even Chris Rock. David Spade's kinda like that that guy that people sleep on, but he's hilarious. So I, I loved him as the host. There's there was a lot of really interesting characters. There's this guy named Kenny. He's from Chicago. Um, he arrived on the island naked. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. So he's walking around with his uh, his man parts hanging out um, in front of everybody, even David Spade. Um, so that was interesting. Um, we had this guy named Trey that was interested in a girl who just happened to date his uncle. So we have that going on. Um, <laughs> we have fan favorite grocery store Joe, who is also from Chicago, that is looking for love. Um, the last time he was on this, he met Kendall. It didn't work out, so he's trying to meet someone new this time around. Wait, and, hold on. 
Yes. Was he on like the Bachelor Bachelorette before, or was he on Bachelor in Paradise before? Both. He was oh, on the okay, so, Bachelorette. So, so he's yeah. just on the Bachelor circuit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for those who might not have ever seen Bachelor in Paradise, basically it's people that were either on Bachelor or Bachelorette that failed, right? Yeah. Usually it's it's not the main person from that season. But it's some of the people that America really liked or they feel like um, they deserved another shot at love. So basically they they invite them all to this island. And then from week to week, either the guys or the girls get the roses. And it's always an uneven number. So at the end of each week, whether it's the guys or the girls, there's a rose ceremony. And if you don't have a partner and you don't get a rose, you're going home. So... Um, naturally that's their way of trying to find love or at least a good friend for that week. Right. (laughs) So, um, it's really good. I mean, there are moments where you can see true love forming, um, people that are there for the right reasons. And then there are moments where you see people just having a good old time, drinking tequila, making bad decisions and making good TV. So, um, I saw what I needed to see in the first episode to know I'm in for the journey. So <laughs> let the fun begin. <laughs> but what are the odds? A guy named Kenny comes onto the island naked. He's he, he's not giving the Kennys a good name. <laughs> I think he's giving the Kennys a great name, Ken. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we don't know. I guess it, it all depends on how the girls react, right? <laughs> yeah, probably not well. If we're being honest with ourselves. Okay, so that was Bachelor in Paradise. How was Big Brother? So Big Brother, um, I've been watching this since the beginning of the season. This is BB23. Um, we're about midway through right now. So they were they just um, last night they started the jury and they sent the first person home. So I'm going to get into some spoilers for those who haven't watched this season or aren't current Turn this off for a second and revisit us. Um, But basically, this is one of the most boring seasons ever. Um, And I hate to say that because I'm a BB fanatic. But um, basically, what they did this season is something that I think is really cool, but also very boring. Um, Anyone of African-American descent formed an alliance day one called the Cookout which is really cool. Basically, all six of them agreed that for the first time ever in Big Brother history, a person of color is going to win. So they they called it the cookout, and each week they've been sending someone packing that's obviously, you know, white or a different um, ethnicity. Um, The reason I say it's boring is because it's so predictable, you know? Um, their their plan is great, and they're getting in everyone's ear to send <laughs> the other person home, you know? Um, yeah. So basically what they did is the six members of the cookout all picked a buddy, okay? And their buddy is somebody that's not in the cookout. And each week, they have one person's buddy target the other person's buddy so that they send them packing. So I respect the gameplay, but at the end of the day, I mean, 
we all know one of the six people from the cookout's going to win this year. Um, they just don't have the votes for that not to happen. So great gameplay, boring to watch as a fan. Um, so I mean, that's the thing with you know reality game shows is you got to respect the gameplay even if it's not the most exciting to watch because that sounds like absolute genius to me. Yeah. Yeah, they had a great plan. Um, the fact that six people basically agreed that they wanted to do this is, I think, pretty amazing. Because normally, the you only want a duo, right? Like, you make a final two with someone, and that's it. Yeah. You, you're in an alliance, but you're not really loyal to it. Um, you wait for the perfect time to turn on them. But these six, I guess, you know, they don't really care who wins as long as it's one of them, which I find um, interesting. I've never seen that before in Big Brother. So, uh, And I think that's probably the reason they're so successful, right, is they're not afraid to go home because everyone's looking out for everyone, it, it would seem, based yeah. on your description. Okay, yeah. Respect that's- the game. Yeah, that's the way it seems right now. I did want to mention one more thing before we get into um, some of the things you watched over the weekend. Um, And that is, I'm very excited to check out Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu. This is a show based on a book, and it looks amazing. I just heard about it yesterday. It stars Nicole Kidman, and it's an all-star cast. Tons of famous people in it. Basically... Nine people go to a resort. Supposedly, it's one of those places that that, that heals you, right? It's one of sure. those like spiritual places, but weird things start happening. So, sounds good enough for me for clickbait. Um, so, I'll probably watch a couple episodes and see if it's uh, as good as hyped or as good as advertised. But um, you know, Hulu's had some really strong shows so excited to check that out and hopefully by next week i can give you guys uh a review on that yeah i look forward to it so is it supposed to be like uh horror yeah i i think it's a horror mystery type of aspect uh it might be fantasy let me click and see what the genre is because i i know it's based off a book psychological fiction it's psychological fiction. Okay. It, yeah, so I'm I'm guessing it's going to be, you know, a thriller is going to mess with your mind. There might be scary elements to it. That's usually yeah. what I think of when I think psychological thriller. Psychological sounds, fiction. Yeah, that sounds like my kind of my kind of show right there. Yeah. R- that sounds right up your alley. Speaking of right up your alley, Ken, uh The Outer Banks which you watched and recommended, and based off of that recommendation, I watched. And so the pitch we gave last time, and I think is still perfectly cromulent, is it's national treasure if it was teenagers, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's, yeah, uh, that's a fair description. Um, I think the first season was really good. Uh, it starts a little slow because you're learning who the different characters are and you're learning what's going on. But man, Ken, there's a point where you're cruising along. You know, you're having a good time. There's enough action going 
you know, you're going 40 miles an hour, you know, you know, you're just feeling a little dangerous in the car at 40 miles an hour. And then this show jacks it up to 150. And for like the next however many episodes, it stays at that level till the first season ends. And I like watched with my like mouth open. It was it was really engaging TV. I don't want to give anything away, but you know, they're on a treasure hunt and then like shit hits the fan. Yeah, I I think that's the perfect way to describe it because honestly, like the first three episodes make it seem like it's this cool little teenage adventure where they're going for this treasure and it's just like harmless fun. And then you get to a point where like there's so many layers involved and there's people chasing them and oh, it's it's so good. And that season two finale I'm sure your mouth hit the floor. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Ken. Season two picks off where season one ends. But everything that happened besides the treasure hunt that continues was predictable to me. Okay. Like, I saw that happening back in season one. Okay. That's that's fair. Um, <laughs> and like so that like I think the first season is better than the second season personally. I think the second season is engaging enough where I will continue watching it. But I don't know if that's just because I'm invested at this point. Um, I think a lot of the relationships between characters don't really make sense sometimes. I think the characters have this really messed up thing going for them called plot armor which means they can't die because they're important to the plot and i think that's kind it it pops up at times as a problem where i'm like i don't believe this would happen um i'm not and i'm not talking about uh the bad guy i'm talking about like the main characters right There's, there's times where they're in situations that i don't buy them getting out of that situation the way they do yeah, I agree, especially in season two. That right, and, and that's fine for a Netflix show. I'm not expecting you know the next greatest show out there. So like, it's ultimately put it in your queue if you want you know a national treasure level of entertainment because that's where you're gonna get. And then Netflix shows a bunch of other stuff in there that you kind of roll your eyes at, but you're willing to deal with because some of the twists are really fun and exciting and just you know. Treasure hunts are always fun and exciting to follow. So when they go hunting for treasure, you're interested to see what happens next, right? Yeah. Uh, So I think that's where I'm at after season two. I think season one was way better than season two, but I still am enjoying the show. And I'm only saying that because everything that happened in season two, I saw coming, which is on me. No, I totally agree with that. Um, I I thought season one was definitely stronger. The pacing was better. The storyline was more engaging. Um, I thought the stakes were higher, to be honest. Um, yeah. season, season two just had a, a bunch of uh, twists and turns that people like me will go, oh, my God, people like you probably already cracked it. Cause you're Jigsaw Jones, you know. 
but that's the thing. Like, I cracked it, but I still enjoyed it. You know, it's like, it's nice to know that I saw it coming. You know, it's not like knowing it was going to happen ruined it. But to me, like, that's a great way to end a season to get people coming back for season three. Absolutely. And that's something the show is good at. It knows how to leave you on a cliffhanger, whether it's a cliffhanger for an episode or for a season. And it knows how to make you want to watch more. Yeah. Um, So that was that or Banks. Uh, I also delved a little bit into uh, this docuseries on Netflix. It's like five different parts on like different sports stories. I watched two of them. It's called Untold. And I watched Untold Malice in the Palace, which is about the fight between the Pacers and the Pistons and like the crowd. Okay. Yeah. The famous Ron Artest, right? Yeah. And it goes into that. And that was super engaging. I really enjoyed that. I recommend that to everybody, like, just to learn about it from the athlete's perspectives. They talked to, like, one of the cops who was there. They talked to, like, the guy from the crowd. Like, they talked to a bunch of people. It was really interesting. And then the other one, Deal with the Devil, was about a woman boxer who her trainer tried to kill her. Um, and, like, she was married to him, and, like, that was really interesting. I'm not really interested in the other ones, so those are the only two I'm going to watch. I thought they were good. Check them out. And then finally, I watched What If on Disney Plus from Marvel. Um, I've watched two episodes because it's weekly. So the first one is What If Peggy Carter replaced Captain America? And then the other one is What If Black Panther became a Star-Lord? Okay, yeah, those are both interesting. And let me tell you, the first one, I'm like, all right, this is fun. The second one was incredible. Because what the show does is it delves into these decisions that characters make, which leads to these alternate realities. And the outcome is so cool. Um, yeah, no, it's it's really cool. Like, if you're a Marvel fan and you're a fan of the movie specifically, they allude to, like, the different movies and the different props and, like, it's just really cool to see how the one change changes all these other things. And I don't want to spoil it because if you love the movies, you have to watch this show, especially that second episode. Chadwick Boseman does the voice of T'Challa. This was one of the last projects he signed up for. And he was the first like big actor from the MCU to sign up for this because he really believed in it as a project. Yes, Ken. No, I, I I wanted to say that sounds really cool. Um, from a perspective of somebody who's never seen Marvel, which at this point I think that's a pretty small margin, but let's just say they're not a super fan. Sure. Would they uh, be able to watch this show without having much background knowledge? Uh, I don't think you'd get the same out of it if you weren't familiar with that Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. Um, because like you can't appreciate you I'm sure you can appreciate, but it'd be much more difficult to appreciate or understand the significance of, you know, Peggy Carter becoming the the like the super soldier or you know, T'Challa being Star Lord instead of Peter Quill and like the dynamic of those relationships and how that changes everything. Yeah, that sounds like a cool show. I'm gonna have to check that out. 
Disney just continues to shell out great shows. Um, yeah, so. absolutely. I did forget about something that I did watch over the weekend. It's just been one of those weeks, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Teen Titans Season 3 started. The first three episodes came out on HBO Max. This is about the Red Hood this season. He's the villain. Is this it the has, live action? Yeah. It has been super good. Um, I watched all three episodes the same day. I think it was last Friday I watched them. And um, it's just such a such an easy show to watch. There's so much action. This is a live action Titans with Batman in it. So he he has a role. And then you got a couple different Robins and um, Starfire, Beast Boy, um, Superboy. It's just it's such a good show. Um, and this season's all about Red Hood. So he's. Um, a new villain in town that was created by the Joker. Um, so you get to kind of see his origin, which people have loved in the animated version. So now seeing it in live action is just um, something that I don't think DC fans thought that we'd ever get to see. And they are killing it. So that's solid. And that, you said that's on HBO? Yes, HBO Max. Um, I believe the older seasons are on TNT. So if you have cable, check it out. Yeah, I think I think I want to delve into that. Um, and that's it for Cure Bus. Unless you've got anything else. That's all. All right. <laughs> um, then not a, there's quite a bit of news, but not things we necessarily want to cover. But you know. If there's Jeopardy news, we gotta cover Jeopardy news. <laughs> and Jeopardy's host Mike Richards, after nine days, is no longer the host of Jeopardy. Um, we covered this last week. I told you, Ken. People were mad they didn't like him as a host, and people dug up some stuff from his past, and now he's no longer host. He has stepped down as host. Yeah, it's uh, it's really broke the internet today. I mean, all over Twitter, people are cheering that he's gone and screaming LeVar Burton. Um, that seems to be the fan favorite. I saw Brian Reynolds say something about it on Twitter. Um, I'm still pulling out hope that somehow Aaron Rodgers can throw touchdowns on Sundays and somehow <laughs> syndicate uh, Jeopardy. Um but I'm curious to see if they're just going to do what they did last year, which is a rotation of different hosts, or if they are, in fact, going to reach out to um, a fan favorite. Yeah, I think they're scram- Sony is scrambling right now. And in the meantime, they're going back to more guest hosts while they figure out what they're doing. Because who knew Mike Richards would hire Mike Richards to host Jeopardy? and. <laughs> He did a bad job of vetting himself. Um, the other piece of news I want to talk about, and this was super exciting to me. Ken, if I give you $900 million, how would you spend it? Theoretically, just generally. I'd probably get a kick-ass boat. Um, I'd definitely travel. I'd get a house. Yeah. Um, probably with a pool. And a basketball court. And then um, I'd do some stuff with charity. And I'd probably build a movie theater. Yeah. Uh, and after myself. that, you'd still probably have a buttload of money left over. 
Which yeah. is why, after Matt Stone and Trey Parker of South Park fame signed a $900 million deal with CBS to, you know, produce more South Park for 10 more years, seven more years, um, they decided to buy Casa Bonita, which is a entertainment restaurant chain out west that they have featured on their show several times, starting in season 11 in an episode with the same name as the restaurant. You know, it's their what they grew up with. It's their version of Chuck E. Cheese or We Have Safari Land here, you know. It's that kind of restaurant, you know. There's cliff divers and live entertainment. And the restaurant went into bankruptcy, and they decided, you know what, we're going to buy it. And we're going to improve the food, and we're going to make a good time, you know. It's an entertainment investment for us because that's what they've been known to do is take these deals and their money and invest it into new forms of entertainment. So I thought it was super rad that this joke from the show that is based on a restaurant they both loved as kids, they bought the restaurant that they loved as kids, the chain, you know? I thought that was really neat. And people are really passionate about this restaurant. Even before they bought it, there was a movement to, like, save the restaurant and, like, pay off, like, the mariachi band and, like, the the people who like the fire throwers i don't think they have those anymore because of like health and safety codes but you know like i just thought it was a really like you know they're filthy rich they already have the house and the cars so how else are they gonna spend their money they're gonna buy their favorite childhood restaurant i thought it was really cool and you know in a year of terrible news from hollywood and tv and dark times i thought this was really uplifting and fun and funny and yeah yeah, I 100% echo that. I think it's a great feel-good story, especially where we're at with COVID and Delta. You know, restaurants have been having their issues staying open, especially smaller places or places that people don't often go all the time. So it's it's always great when you see um, somebody doing good things with their money. And this just sounds like a... Um, Smart investment. People obviously like this place, um, and I'm sure they're going to put a little twist on it. Um, it is one of the better episodes, too. You know, Cartman loves right. Casa Bonita. Right. Here's the thing, though. I don't know if it's a smart investment because <laughs> the restaurant went bankrupt, <laughs> which is why they're buying it. I think they're smart investors, and they can turn it around. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be brainwashed in people's minds as they watch South Park in the upcoming 24 seasons or whatever they got renewed for. (laughs) But also, yeah, and the fact that, you know, you you actually got spot on 24 seasons. Um, But, you know, it's the fact that it's probably not a smart investment, but they have so much money that they can do it anyways just because they love it. That's what I like about this story. Yeah, I'm sure for you, if if Gene and Jude's was going under, you would find a way to scrape up nine hundred million dollars. <laughs> right, and that's not even that's not the price they're buying it for. I'm, they didn't disclose what they're buying it for. That's just how much money they have, at least. So, sure. yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought that was cool. Um. That, that reminds me of this song. If I had a minute. <laughs> I had a million dollars, I'd have to sing this song 900 times to you, you know. <laughs> what a great song. Goodness gracious. Sing it for me, Ken. Sing the whole song. 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, this has been a shorter episode of our news, which leads us into snack time. It's snack time. Gonna do a longer song for snack time because we got time to fill for snack time. Ken has snack time for us. You thought of a great one that, you know, when you mentioned it, I kind of panicked and got scared. So hit me with snack time. Yeah, so um, for anybody that's like me, it's it's not fall yet, but it feels like it's fall because Duncan announced this week that pumpkin spice is back. Not just for coffees, but they also brought out the muffins, the donuts, and the munchkins. So if you're like me and you can't wait for that pumpkin spice latte, it's here. Um, and I did talk to Starbucks this week. They are rolling theirs out next week. So whether you like Dunkin' or you like Starbucks, pumpkin spice is back. So that leaves us with the million-dollar question. Is it too early? Uh, No, uh, it's not too early, Ken. And it's not because I love pumpkin spice. Frankly, if you're asking me, the goat of Halloween, of autumn, is not pumpkin spice. It is apple cider flavors. All right. Give me an apple cider donut. Give me apple cider spice. That's what I want. Um, the My thing is, let's have these flavors year round. You know, I, I want pumpkin spice whenever I want pumpkin spice. Maybe it's March and it's still cold outside. Get me a pumpkin spice, you know. <laughs> Maybe I want to feel like Christmas in July. Get me some pumpkin spice. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's never too early for a PSL, as uh, the hardcore drinkers call it. Um, I I just love it. It's such a smooth blend. Um, Starbucks does it really good hot. I love their hot PSL. Uh, Dunkin' does a really good iced PSL. Um, this year they did what's called a signature pumpkin spice latte. So basically it's regular iced latte. They put the pumpkin syrup in it. They put the whipped cream, and then they dust some cinnamon on top. So it's got two really solid bursts going on. So it's a little explosion of pumpkin and cinnamon, and then the whipped cream. It is amazing. You see, Plus, you see here's the thing. Pumpkin spice means apple cider is right around the corner, and I can't wait. Yeah, I have to check and see if, if Duncan has the apple cider donuts yet. I know that's coming. Um, those are so good too. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, do you, are you an iced apple cider guy or a warm apple I, cider? I like guy? my apple cider hot. Me too. I like a hot apple cider. Now, here's the other thing, because I think when we were having this conversation earlier on the phone, you also mentioned pecans. Or was yeah. Well, pecan pie is my favorite. Right. So is is that like when it comes to autumn flavors, what what's the goat for you? Is it pecan? Is it apple cider? Or is it pumpkin spice? Or is there another autumn flavor that I'm forgetting? Let us know in the comments or in t- a text message. Ooh, that's that's a good one. I think if it's I think if it's coffee, I gotta go pumpkin. If it's donut, I gotta go apple cider. If it's pie, I gotta go pecan. <laughs> of course, but like, just 
think of the flavor, not necessarily what it's on, just the flavor in your head. Pumpkin. Right? That's the ultimate autumn Pump- flavor to you? Yeah. All right. I'm just Cause curious. Because let's put it this way. If you had to pick one only for all three, pumpkin is the only one that can blend in coffee, donut, and pie. Um, apple pie and apple donut's good. I don't think apple coffee would do it for me. <laughs> yeah, but you're already drinking hot apple cider. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess I'd have to try it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that means in uh, a couple weeks, then Dairy Queen's gonna have to roll out their pumpkin pie blizzard. I don't know if you've ever had one of those bad boys, but that is some delicious stuff right there because it's it's got the pumpkin pie filling and then it's got the crust so they break up the crust and they dust it in there mm. and then they top it with the whipped cream so when you're eating it it's kind of like a crushed up pumpkin pie and it's uh it's amazing that sounds very 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 good all right yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, dude. any more comments for snack time um, I think very soon, as soon as I can get out to Gene and Jude's, um, we should debate who has the best Chicago dog because Ooh. I went to Superdog not long ago. I always go to Portillo's, so I need to get me some Gene and Jude's. And then, um, for those that are listening to the podcast, put what you think is your favorite Chicago dog. Maybe I'm missing one if I am, and it's somewhere nearby. Like, I'm willing to go downtown, but if it's somewhere nearby, I'll check it out. So I can argue what the best Chicago dog is. Obviously, I'm not going to go, like, somewhere three hours away, but if it's a good 40-minute drive, that's I'll do it. So, <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I like that. And that's a good future snack time. It's snack time, it's snack time, it's ha-cha-cha snack time. Uh, That's our show, everyone. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time to the Q-Busters.